It's a Tuesday feeling like a Wednesday. That's what I was saying. That the part you didn't hear. Uh, it feels like a Tuesday. It feels it's a Tuesday, it feels like a Wednesday. I don't know if I'm trying to push this week ahead or what am I doing. But good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Uh the weather is a little brisk this morning, I think. So I turned my heat on last night because it was just cold. I don't know. <sighs> Into the world end of the world kind of stuff anyway uh all is well all is well uh let's see what is happening so uh i joined the new haven docs team so they invited me to curate some blackity black black films for them i'm uh, delighted to do that like that's i like being asked like i'm black Babs, give us some black ass films. Okay. <laughs> or like we go, we come across some films and uh we want you to take a look at them and what curate something. Okay. You know, talking in films is like my favorite things. Talking films and jazz. What? <laughs> They're not asking me to do a, a brain surgery. They asked me to do something I already know how to do. Talk and watch movies. <laughs> I'm, I'm delighted by that. <laughs> so yes, 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 yes. Um. So I had lunch with them. Well, bre- breakfast early, midday. Um, at Pistachios on um, Chapel Street. You know, Chapel and Howe. And I and I like going over there. I like I like the one in Westville, but I like the one in, over on over on Chapel and Howe. Because it makes me feel like I'm in Paris. You know, when I walk in there, I just feel like I'm in Paris. So I, I like going there. I like the chairs. I like the atmosphere. I wish they had more. I wish they had vegan things, but c'est la vie. <laughs> c'est la vie, mon ami. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, there's nothing I can do about that. So, uh, so yeah, so I'm joining the team. And uh, they've already sent me some films that I need to look. I got six months because the New Haven Docs Film Festival doesn't really kick off till uh, it's October. So I'm going to send them my picture and they can put me on all their stuff. And uh, I, I, I already seen some controversial films that I want to have conversations about because that's what I do. I talk. I talk and uh, watch movies. <laughs> There's no better job. No one has a better job on the planet than I do. Watch movies, talk. Are you kidding me? It's like tailor made for me. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that collab. Uh, you know, marching toward the LSAT. So I met with my met with my uh, my coach uh, yesterday, and then had study group last night. I was just a lost, a babe in the woods, lost in study group. Like I really was just lost. Um, but that's all right. Listen, I'm going to take this LSAT in stride and uh, let's see what happens. My goal is to uh, get into law school somewhere. That's the plan. 
I, I just want to get in a place where I could study. Do you know what I mean? Like get some real studying in. I'm going to do my best, do my level best. I have an idea. I mean, listen, I, I, I have an idea I want to where I want to go in Connecticut. <laughs> I, I want to be in Connecticut. So we'll see what happens. I, you know, I can't, I can't lose any sleep over it. So and I'm not, not, not. I went to bed quite well last night, slept very well. And uh, my eyes, my right eye is bothering me. I've been rubbing it. I don't know what that is. I think because it's dry. You know, I suffer from dry eye from periodically. You know, my, um, my, my ducks uh, sometimes don't uh, open, the tear ducks. Um, and so it just creates an element of dry, dryness. It's sort of like vaginal dryness. You know, you just have to lubricate it. Too early in the morning for that kind of talk? All right. <laughs> hey, we're all adults here. I'm just trying to give you an analogy of how this feels. Don't, don't get all crazy. <laughs> so anyway, um, I need to uh I need to lubri lubricate it. That's all. It just it's just dry eye. Um and it it just is irritable irritable. You know, it's angry. My eye is angry. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna leave y'all alone. Uh, what else is going on? Oh Lord, um, I already I talked about Diasporacon yesterday, which I enjoyed so much. I love Dr. Foster. I love that whole Black Nerd panel. I mean, it was just you know, it's just it's just an interesting, it's just an interesting community that I have no, I, I'm not in. I'm not I'm not in this community. Um, so I'm adjacent to this community. So I that's why I love it. And to just hear them talk so confidently and passionately about, you know, being a black nerd, it was just, a, I just, I just dig them. So I'm looking forward to it being a Southern next year, because I think Southern would be a much more user-friendly campus. You know, Southern Connecticut State University is a commuter's campus. So it's, it's accessible from all kinds of ways. Whereas um, Quinnipiac is not a commuter friendly campus lots of parking um but uh just not easy so uh that's all right it was still a good time it's a good time and uh, i told you i bought my earrings which are really really nice from pearl studio you know she's going on and on about recycled materials i was like girl i don't care they're nice <laughs> So what if you had to? So what if you had to use little kids to dig up particles? I don't care. Oh no, I do care. But I appreciate her telling me that. But they're pretty. I can't wait to wear them. Let's figure out something to wear them with. But you know, don't give me a reason to wear a good dangly earring. Let me tell you something. So countdown to Morocco. Woo! I finally cleaned out my my uh, my suitcase from Story Week. <laughs> A damn shame and washed up everything now i start building my 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 uh start packing my suitcase you know i travel very light i don't take a whole lot of stuff i'm not taking a whole lot of stuff and i already have a gazillion caftans so that's what's going a gazillion caftans and maybe and, and a pair of pants you know because i have to travel in something right so that's that part um and it's my birthday. So, so yeah, 
you know, I didn't have to travel. I had to be fine. Uh, and then uh, that's it. That is it. That is it. That is it. Just uh, pack. Uh, make sure my money is right. That's really the big, the big thing. You know, making sure your money is right, so I could have a good time while I'm there. I'm looking forward to it. I already paid for my hot air balloon ride. Uh, you know, we're we're in the hot air balloon on the 29th. So uh, that's a Saturday. So Saturday morning, we're we're on a hot air balloon ride at six o'clock in the morning to see the sunrise. Can you imagine what that's going to be like? See the sunrise over Africa. You know, it's going to be amazing. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, let's see, what else am I looking forward to? Oh, God, dinner, um, shopping, just just being in the space, just chilling. You know, I don't I don't really have a, a itinerary like that. I mean, we'll get into some stuff. Everybody's been um, um, deputized to go their own way. So we'll see what happens, see what people get into. I, I know my friend Sarah will want to run up that damn Atlas Mountain. Uh, Markeisha will find a body of water. Uh, Ife and her, Ife and, and Markeisha will find a place to hike. And me, I'll find a good place to, you know, drink. <laughs> I'll find a good bar, you know, uh, a good watering hole, as they say. Or, and, and a place that is like, Lovely to sit in and luxurious and pretty and romantic. You could depend on me to find that space. That's 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 how I get down. So uh, <sighs> that's the way of the world. So uh, April is um, National Poetry Month. I want y'all to know that. And I've been trying to read a po poem every single day. Um, I miss some, but you know, uh, uh, Jeffrey Page recited. Um, um, I Wear the Mask poem by Langston Hughes uh, yesterday um, inadvertently. I didn't ask him to. He was just talking about, you know, the weight of, of what it means to be a choreographer and a director. So it was lovely to um, talk to him. He had just come from yoga. So you could see the sweat on him a little bit. And, you know, just talking about ain't misbehaving. I, I wish I had time to go see it. I do not have time to get up to Westport to see it. And that, you know, I, there's just some decisions you just have to make and you just can't be everywhere. Um, and I wish that I could. I really wish that I could uh, be everywhere all at once. <laughs> but I can't. So, you know, it's not like I've never seen Ain't Misbehaving. I've seen Ain't Misbehaving several times in, in different places. And so, um, but I, I really would have liked to have seen Jeffrey's uh, take on it, spin on it, because it just looks so beautiful from the pictures. Uh, and people said they had a really good time just reading the reviews and 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 uh, the New York Times spied it and just seeing comments from the people who went like everyday ordinary people. They're not, you know, uh, Broadway critics, just regular folks who spent their money on a ticket and say, you know, I'm going to take a chance on this. So. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would I would have liked to have seen it. Maybe it'll swing its way into New Haven at some point, you know. Um, Fats Waller, tragic life. Uh, uh, but he was talking about Fats Waller in the sense that you know Fats Waller played. He, he was always a clown and stuff, uh, and and that was just the role he played to sort of move along in his career and to bring people along. 
you know, black people paid a heavy price to be in entertainment. So many black people that paved the way. And, you know, and we look on it now as, you know, how could they? But the times were so, the times were such that that's about all you could do. There was no, I mean, you, 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 you protested where you could, you, you, uh, you, you set up what you could, where you could, you know. Um, I admire those folks who still had a dream to chase in the midst of all of that that was going on in the 1920s and the level of hatred, you know, not to be confused, not, not to take away from the hatred that we experience right now. <laughs> um, but you have to think about all those people who sort of open the doors for these celebrities that you see now, you know, these celebrities who um, oftentimes some of them forget somebody had to pave the way. That the way that you, the role that you are on now isn't the role that you created. Somebody else had to sp spill their blood to create that path that you walk upon, you know. So that's just a, I always, I always think about that a little bit uh, uh, when, when I, when I, when I think about these, these, these artists of, from back in the day, you know. Uh, okay, Paul Bess, I have faith in you. <laughs> I have faith in you, Paul Bass. I have faith. Keep up the faith. Paul Bass is out here looking for uh, citizens to run up on. Citizens. So get to it. I have faith. I have faith in you, Paul Bass. <sighs> it's early still. It's only 917. 918. You got time. Keep at it. Keep at it, I say. <laughs> Keep at it. Somebody will talk to you. This I listen. I run up to people who are like, "Oh gosh, where where do you think he's gonna be?" So there's people who are looking for you while you're looking for people. So just keep that in mind. Keep keep that space. Hold that. Hold that. All right. Um, honestly, I got up early this morning. I got up this morning and I made myself uh, a a broccoli and tomato omelet and waffles and and um impossible sausage. That impossible sausage is so good. I, I don't care what they put in it. I don't. <laughs> it's good. And, you know, I, listen, I'm not against eating animals, but, I, you know, when you think about anim eating animals, blood vessels, corpuscles, pus, you know, all the things that you eat when you eat an animal, and then, you know, all the things that you get to eat when you eat a vegetable, I don't know. I'm feeling like a vegetable is the way to go. Plants are the way to go. So, and it tastes good. Now, they probably have way more salt than it should. Probably has some, some ish in there that it probably shouldn't. But, hey, listen, the very air we breathe is contaminated. The water we drink is contaminated. We don't really have a fighting chance. <laughs> we really don't have a fighting chance, you know, truth be told. But, you know, we go on and we live in the state of Lala. So this is what I know. We're all going to die. And I get quality of life. I, I am about quality of life. Uh, I want a good quality of life. I want to be able to move the way I want to move. You know what I mean? Like I want all my faculties to be intact until for as long as it possibly can be. And then when it can't be, I hope my children put me someplace decent. You know, they say they won't, but listen. They're going to they're gonna blossom into their own lives and I'm going to become a hindrance to them at some point, you know, just like, you know, they've been a hindrance to me, <laughs> lovingly so, <laughs> you know, but uh, 
it's going to come a point where they have to make some decisions. And I'm hoping that they won't have to make decisions for a very long time, you know, for, and I don't have longevity in my family. So I'm, I'm thinking, you know, that my, my sisters and brothers and I, we could break the mold that we could just go, go on and be like, you know, Auntie Babs lived to be a hundred years old. Auntie Lo lived to be a hundred years old. Uncle Robert, Uncle Mike lived to be. <laughs> I, I want them to say, God, when are they gonna die? Because <laughs> uh, you know the way my kids going. I, I'm not a grandmother yet, and, and I, listen, I'm not wishing on that because I don't want to be bothered. Uh, I tell you, I want a sense of freedom and liberation for a little bit longer. Because, you know, when they bring these grandbabies and they're going to be looking at me, I'm going to be trying to be ghost. <laughs> it's like, mm. all right, well, send the baby to Kigali. You want me to watch the baby? Send the baby to Kigali for, for a month, two months. <laughs> That's how it's going to go. Because uh, I'm I'm not the one. So uh, so that's that's the plan, you know. Send the baby to where Costa Rica, wherever we at, and uh, sure, bring the baby. Uh, you know, that's that's the uh, that's the that's the that's that's how we're gonna have to get down. <sighs> anyway, so much, so much, so much, so much. Fight night. No, I'm not going to go watch a fight with people. I mean, a, you know, a professional fight. I love boxing. I don't, I don't, I like boxing in films now. I don't really like boxing in real life. I don't, I don't have the, um, I don't have the wherewithal for it. And, uh, which is unfortunate. You know, I, I tell you the things that I used to like, I know I, I'm starting to sort of get a sense I don't like. You know, you know, and I've been thinking about, you know, all kinds of things, just, you know, how do I want to live moving forward, you know, health, uh, money, um, you know, those kinds of things uh, that just, you know, when you, you get to a place in your life and you're just like, let me think about these things a little deeper, a little bit more, and just think about what you want and and I think I'm chasing all the dreams that I want to be chasing. I think I, I feel like I feel so, you know, I feel so. I mean, there are a few things that I'm not doing that I wish I could be doing more of, you know. And and I think um, uh, when I get back from Morocco, I'll just uh, uh, make a bigger effort to to do those things, you know. I mean, I have a lot going on, but it's not it's not a chore. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's a different. It's a different thing. Like I'm doing the things that I want to be doing. I'm not doing the things that I have to be doing. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I get paid at a job that I absolutely love. Like being on the radio, I, abs I absolutely love. This is such a best job for me. And then curating content for the inner city is such a wonderful thing. I mean, like, I couldn't, I couldn't ask for a better, a better opportunity for me. I just, I just couldn't create one. Uh, and I, and I love it because at this point in my life, you know, I have, I have, I work for two men who 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 actually like me, and and are not trying to put barriers up against me. So I mean, that's a wonderful feeling to work for work for people who say, do what you want to do, do do what you want to do because what you do is quality stuff, and that makes me feel so good. I wish I I I, I wish I could go back to my younger self. 
and just say, it's all going to be all right. You know, it's, it's going to be all right. <laughs> I would tell my younger self, it's all going to be all right. Just, just stop worrying about the things that don't matter. And, you know, I, I just, I could tell my younger self so many different things. And and I, I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't a, uh, it wasn't, I wasn't a, a, a wreck as a young person. I, I don't think, I mean, when I was much, much younger, I had a lot of anger issues, but that's because I had some, some unresolved and unspoken abuse. And once that got aired, um, I, you could start to see the tide change in my life. You could start to see a, a easing into um, uh, believing that I had a future. You know, when the tides, when I, when I started airing out uh, what was, what has happened to me and my family. Um, otherwise I would have still been carrying that pain with me. And uh, I don't know what I would have been if I would have still been carrying that, that harm and, and just like, just owning it and absorbing it. I think I would have just been, I would have just been, I, I probably, I don't think I would have been a drug addict or anything like that. Um, I, I don't think so. First of all, I don't like being high like that all the time. Like, I just don't like it. Uh, I just don't like it. <laughs> so so I would have been a terrible drug addict because I wouldn't have been good at it. Uh, but I but I did have uh I did have anger issues and uh and a lot of suicidal ide ideation, a lot of that. And, and that's only because I, I didn't have a framework on how to work through uh, what had happened to me. And, and, and none of the adults attended to it for me. They just, you know, I, I wasn't a, a, a wild child per se. So I guess they just thought, well, she'll just get, get over it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But there were so many signs that you know that that people just missed about what was happening to so many signs. Now signs that we 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 automatically know today what to look for and to and to sound the alarm about. But 40, 50 years ago, uh 50 years ago, they they didn't know what to look for. They just like, okay, you know, um so so many things. So anyway. I word on the street we are about it <laughs> we gotta get we gotta get you some we gotta get you some uh theme music <laughs> harry we gotta find paul some theme music hey paul <laughs> what is good morning babs how are you i'm good how are you nice to see you yeah yeah i'm kind of on the street but i'm also inside a parking booth i'm with <laughs> musa who was the attendant this morning at the chapel and York, I guess York Street. The, the 150 York Street. 150 York Street parking garage. Yeah. Good morning, Musa. Good morning. This is Babs. Yeah, yeah. I Good morning. What's the word on the street today? Uh, I'm just working in the morning. I'm coming in the morning, 7 o'clock. Before 7 o'clock, I'll be here every morning. Like, uh, I work three days here, part-time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I work. Uh, I open the garage. I clean it here. I, I help the people. Somebody, somebody come and you know, you get a no, no credit, no something like that. Somebody have a car. Somebody credit is not working. Double not working. I get help. That's it. So nowadays, in the old days, yeah. the guy in the booth gave you the ticket. They took your money. 
Now it seems like nowadays most people. Oh, it's okay. Uh... <laughs> oh. <laughs> is 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 something going on top secret in the in the parking garage? I, I was getting ready, to getting ready to get excited about learning some new intel. Like, what is happening in the parking garage? Okay, we're back. Okay. I'm excited now. I want to know about the parking garage. <laughs> okay, so what happened was that I know someone called me on my cell phone and booed you off. Musa just went to help somebody. Let's go see what he's doing. He helps someone who's having trouble paying with their credit card. Uh -oh. And, uh... Oh, that's fun. Oh, I've had that happen to me. Because sometimes these machines are temperamental if you don't put the card in right. Okay, so Musa's now helping the guy. So you're he's taking his credit card. He's yeah. putting it in the machine himself because it didn't work yeah. at the... Uh... He's not working on another machine. Gotcha. Outside machine. Yeah, I'm going to put it in this one, $13. Uh, put it in three of It's going to work now. We're watching this guy's receipt. The guy wants the receipt, too. Yeah. So he's yeah, helping him tax, get out. Today's tax day. You might. You need all the receipts you can get. Yeah, you need all the receipts you can get today with tax day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, this is like the old days when you sign a, a, a visa yeah, slip. Do you remember that, Babs? Yes. So the guy takes his card. He's signing. Boy, I remember that in the old days. Oh, man. He better be glad there's not cars behind him. They'd be screaming. <laughs> How many years have been for you since you, like, signed something at a, at a car place? Yeah. All right. We're all good. That's your sister. You have a great day. That's it. Yay. <laughs> and everyone else is coming in the other direction. We saw waving them in. They're doing okay. So Musa, sorry about that interruption. So uh, so what happened there? A guy was checking out and his car didn't work? Oh no, his car's not working. Some cars not working and they're carrying something. The machine's all gone. Uh, because now when it's not working, they're like the use here inside. Mm -hmm. yeah. How often does that happen? The, I don't know when I'm coming here. It's like that all the time. It happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. some some person can, but some person can. Yeah. Right, let me. Yeah. He's going to sign this thing so we don't discourage them. We'll get back. So just so our listeners know, we're here at the York Street Garage with Musa, who three mornings a week opens up the place at seven a.m. at the York Chapel Garage. He cleans the place and then he sits here in the booth. But unlike in the old days, he doesn't hand you the ticket, and in most cases, he doesn't take you the ticket. But as you just saw now, sometimes people's cards don't work. So then you go old school and he prints out a receipt. He puts his card in the machine, right? Yeah, that's it. So, so you do this three mornings a week. You start at seven. Yeah, so I work seven o'clock until three. Until three? Seven to three, yeah. And what do you do the rest of the week? Is that your only job or do you have another job too? I'm having just that job, yeah. Yeah, sometimes my friends here, somebody is covering me sick, you know, you having uh, something. He's not coming to cover him too. And what's the title of your job? It's not bad. It's no, I mean, what do you call your job? What's the name for your job? Oh, that, that lost parking. But I mean, your job. That's my job. It's got to like. But you're not like called ticket taker. You're not talking about 
um, greeter, because you do a lot of things here. You clean up, you I, open. I first, the first morning I'm coming here, I open the gate, I clean it outside, inside all garage. I gotta sit down and gotta watch something, you know, maybe somebody coming and help him, that's it. Do you go to every level and clean on every level of the garage? All the way up and down. And how many levels oh, is it? Eight. Do you uh -oh. sweep like on the street or no, no, I gotta see. Sometimes I'm having blower to get a sweep and sometimes I gotta put them together up in the garbage. And what it's time like what time do get people could start coming in? Uh starting seven o'clock anyway. Seven o'clock people's gonna start all the way twelve o'clock nine. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then they have to leave in those hours? After twelve we gotta close it. And so, so if you're up cleaning, what happens if people need help getting in or out? Oh, no, in the morning, nobody here. I got to clean it before people's coming in. And how long have you been working here, Musa? Oh, like a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. And where are you from originally? I'm Kurdish. You're Kurdish. Are you yeah. from Turkey or? Iraq. Are you from Iraq? Yeah. And what brought you here and when? Uh, 1996, I'm here. And what, uh, 1996, what brought you here? Was it the uh, oppression of Kurdish? I'm coming, I'm coming to Houston, Texas. Uh, Houston, Texas. When I'm coming to the United States, I'm coming to Houston, Texas. Yeah, I stayed there like seven, eight months like that. Just too hot for me. I'm coming down in the Connecticut. Why did you leave the rap? Oh, uh, because it's too hot over there. I, I, oh, yeah? I don't like him. Yeah, I'm having a good job over there, but I don't like him. What was your job over there? I work in the company, some company. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. So when screen like Windows screen something like that over there. Security? No, it's screen. You know, for a oh, screen window. Screen window, a door, something like that. Mm -hmm. Did yeah. you come from Houston to New Haven? Yeah. And why New no, Haven? No, no, I'm, I'm living in Norgatuck now. Norgatuck now. Yeah. Why Norgatuck? Because uh, over there's quiet. Mm -hmm. I live in some areas good. You know, I don't need to get a trouble. Some areas gotta make bad. Because I need my children got to go to nice school, you know. How many children? I got six children. Oh, yeah? How old? Oh, everyone bigger than me. Everyone bigger than <laughs> you. So they're not home anymore. Every, every, no, no more. What do they do now? Everybody working. Uh-huh. So ha before you worked here, where did you work? I, I need a job at work and uh, whatever I got to do. You know, I'm hand work. Hand work? Yeah. So we'll be an example of some of us. work, you know, I do anything. Uh -huh. I do car, I do carpet, and I do anything I do it. Mm -hmm. So tell me about a typical day here. Most of the time, what are you going to be doing today? Oh, when I finish here, I gotta go home. I gotta look and maybe my wife needs something. I gotta help. Her. No, I mean like until in the job here. Are you in the booth after you clean up? Yeah, upstairs? Well, I'm, I'm first one. I gotta clean it after I come in the booth. How many? You're so you're here till three in the booth. All the way in the three o'clock up here. Somebody's coming like maybe eleven, twelve o'clock like cover me. After that, I gotta stay in the, another booth. She wanna come here, you know. Maybe she gotta go to the bathroom, she go somewhere. I gotta help her. And what's help the day her. like? Is it busy? No, no, not too busy. You know, these people use in here sometimes. Maybe it's, uh, it's called like you see that one snow working. Mm -hmm. I gotta use inside. That's it. But she got out pretty well here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some people have a kiss car, you know, you gotta use them. You know, I gotta take a ticket. Do you get to know any of the people who drive in and out? Have you made any friends or do you know? Do you every, talk with you know, people? I, I, everybody still like me because I got happy with everybody. <laughs> yeah. And what, what's the day you'll never forget working here? Mm. Tell me one day that was a special day. Every day for, for, for me, every day is special. Mm -hmm. Every day. And on Friday or Friday. 
special for me. <laughs> Babs, any questions for me? Yeah, so, so where do you have lunch? Do you bring lunch or where do you like to go eat? Oh, no, I'm fasting now. I'm not thinking. Oh, lunch. it's Ramadan. Yeah. Oh, Ramadan. <laughs> Ramadan yeah. Mubarak. Thank you. Thank you. How's Ramadan going this year? It's good. Perfect. Yeah, nice. So how, what's your routine? Like, how do you do Ramadan? Wait, what no, time do you I'm wake up? I'm not sleeping last night, never. The all, all months, I'm not sleeping. I'll sleep a couple hours, maybe sometime two hours, three Why? hours. That's it. Because I gotta stay in the uh, masjid, you know, I gotta pray for a guard, for Allah. You know, what, what time is the, you do five times a day, right? Um, no, is that four, four in the morning? Get a stop food, everything during. No, I mean, praying, you pray five right? times. Yeah, five times. So what day was the what was the first time you prayed today? In the uh, morning and uh, like what isn't there a specific time you have to? Yeah, morning and then. Uh, so what was the first time this morning? Yeah, first time in the morning. Noon is gonna uh, you're gonna pray. Uh, evening is gonna pray. Uh, when you're gonna make dark light, that gonna pray. Nine times gonna pray. That's it. Do you remember the exact times? The five times. Uh, I'm having no schedule exactly, but. Uh, Around what time? So when you get Adhan, I gotta pray. No, I mean, what was the first time this morning? What time was the first time? Um, uh, five fifteen minutes. Five fifteen. Yeah. And what do you say in the prayer? Because I know what I say. I wake up too, and I say the prayer. No, no, you wouldn't get us. Look up. We gotta make uh, <coughs> You know, after you wanna go stay with start, you know, with Allah. Uh -huh. you, so you woke up at 5.15, you said your first prayer. Yeah. What time did you eat breakfast? There's no uh, breakfast. Breakfast uh, 4.30, something like that. 4.30, you got to stop? Yeah. Wow. So the first thing you did was breakfast. Yeah, yeah. What'd first, you, ha what'd you have? You got to stop breakfast, drinking everything. So what what'd you have for breakfast? Uh, yogurt and bread and egg and cheese. Yogurt and bread uh, and egg and cheese. What kind of bread? <laughs> uh, I think... Uh, I have no idea. I forgot. Okay. So four thirty, you had the breakfast. Yeah. Five fifteen, you prayed. Yeah. W what time did you get here? Uh, seven o'clock. I've been here anyway. So you got here before seven. Before seven o'clock. All the time before seven. W what time is the second prayer around? I know you don't exact. Uh, second one. Pray. Like one one o'clock. You, you go from four in the morning to one for the second yeah. prayer. Yeah. Where do you go at one o'clock? You go to the masjid here, or do you do it here? No, I got to here. Do you have your rug? I don't have them inside the, the office. I don't have them in my office. Here. And do you have a rug that you bring? Yeah. You do you bring it every day, including that Ramadan? Yeah. So one o'clock is the second one. Yeah. You leave work at three. You go home then. Yeah. You go to the I masjid. Mean, I, I go home. No, I sleep. And, uh, maybe nine time I go masjid. So yeah. you take a nap when you get home. Yeah, after after lunch, you know, get a go masjid. So, yeah. but there's no lunch after today. After dinner, right? no, no, no. After dinner, so you know, after seven thirty, and get a take a lunch. That's it. So, what time do you get to break the fast tonight? About seven fifteen, seven thirty. Yeah, five thirty to seven thirty. Yeah. Is what? Yeah, no, four thirty. You gotta stop. Eat anything, always 7 30. 7 30, you gotta stop again. What, what do you think you'll eat tonight? Do you eat home alone or do you go with friends? Oh, no, I gotta stay home. I'm not gonna go anywhere. It's if far, right? My wife not driving. I gotta help her. Maybe she needs shopping, something. I gotta but I mean, for the meal, for the if car, yeah. do you ever do it with a lot of people? Is it ever? Oh, no, 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 no. I gotta stay with my family. No, and do you go every night to the masjid? Not every night, but just Ramadan. Just Ram yeah, I mean, on Ramadan, yeah, you yeah, go every night. Every night. So for tonight, for Ramadan, yeah, will you go after you eat or before? 
And you've got to eat after you got to go there. Then you go to the masjid. Some people eating over there. Some people not. I mean, I'll never go here, eat over there. Where is the masjid? Because I got to stay a lot of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because uh, I stay with my family. Everybody's coming over and going to eat together and get a fun. Oh, your together. kids come back? Yeah, everybody's coming together. All six kids? Yeah, everyone have a family. And do they all live near here? Everybody here, yeah. So every night in Ramadan, yeah. do they come to your house for iftar? Yeah. So every night in Ramadan for 30 yeah. days, yeah, yeah. the meal is broke with more food for everybody. For six <laughs> grown kids. Yeah. That's interesting. I'm having eight grown kids. What? Eight. Eight grown kids. Yeah. So all eight live near Norgie Tucker Waterbury. Eight, eight grandkids. Uh, no, so somebody's in uh, Norgatuck, some in the Milford. And they come out Milford or New Milford? Yeah. New Milford. Yeah. Milford. Yeah. And how many grandkids? Eight. Eight kids and eight grandkids? No, eight, eight six grandkids. kids. Oh, six, six kids, kids. Eight grandkids. Yeah. So that's 14. Four Dora and two boys. Okay, so six kids. Yeah. Eight grandkids. Yeah. And you and your wife. Yeah. 16 people. Yeah. Your wife is cooking for 16 people every night in Ramadan. No big deal. It's okay. <laughs> That's so nice. Yeah. And what do you what do you eat? What does she make? She is it's up to her. I'm not that full foot. Anything I want to eat. I don't care. I don't need to get a go outside even a restaurant. I don't like them. So how's Ramadan going this year? That's nice. Good. Do you like it? Yeah, I like it. So you know, I we have different kinds of fast days in Jewish tradition. It's not as hard as yours with the 30 days. Oh, no, no. But no. I feel there is something spiritual. No, you, need, uh, you need to go take a break to your stomach, you know? <laughs> I feel that way. <laughs> yeah. When I fast, yeah. I think about freedom from food. Because not, not for nobody, for, for Allah. Everybody, you need Allah, you know? You got to pray for Allah, not for nobody. You to me, some, everybody, something. So when I'm fasting, yeah. it makes me think about how we're not always free from food. We do need food and food is good, but sometimes it feels freeing to know you're not allowed to eat. Oh, you need to get a little bit. You know, not get yeah. too much, you know, because your stomach's empty all day. You can get it for yourself, you know. So how do you, what, what do you think about, given that you can't have lunch during Ramadan, no lunch here, no. how do you get through the day with Ramadan? What helps you with the fast every day to make it through? Do you have any any tricks or any kind of like um, strategy, any ideas that help you make it every day through work with no food or water? I do care, you know, uh, for food, I do care. Just I need mean, something to eat and I'm okay. You know? I yeah. can tell them I like that, so I don't like that. I like everything. No, I mean, but you can't eat at work today. No, no, no. So do you, is that hard? No, no hard. No. It's not hard to fast no, all day. Why is it not hard for you to fast? You know, Allah got to help you. Uh -huh. God got to help you. You know? And tell me about Ramadan more. Is Ramadan special for you every it's, year? It, you know, everything is special. Ramadan, number one, special for, for everybody. You know, because your stomach has got to work every, all the time. You know, every day you do drink it here, just eat this one, eat this one, eat this one. You need the one month, you got to. Take a helper for your stomach, you know, you well, you know. So you think it helps your stomach to have the break? Your, your body's everything, you gotta make helping, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is it also spiritual for you? Do you feel closer it's, to Allah? Maybe somebody's big, uh, sick, you know, uh, he can fasting, you know. No, no, I mean do you when you're in Ramadan, yeah, do you feel closer to God? Do you feel any different way, any good way? You know, uh, you think about uh, when you think about something, you you feel it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, anything you you think about, you feel it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, I feel it a lot. You know, I'm thinking about him all the time. I'm I'm happy. Maybe somebody's gonna do another piano. You know, mm-hmm. he help. He he feel it for this one. You do the same thing. First you do the same thing. Every people gonna different. You know, I like everybody. I like every piano. I'm not having any uh, thing for nobody's. I'm. I like everybody good. God's gonna help every people. So the last night of of Ramadan, you have Eid, right? That's the big celebration. Yeah. The very last night. What do you do for Eid? Like what? EID, the last night of yeah. Ramadan. Yeah. Eid. Isn't it special? The what final. What do you do for Eid? You don't have anything I eat, whatever. No, no, I mean, does anything special happen for you on the last night of Ramadan? Um, like some people go, like in New Haven, there's a big crowd that comes by the stadium. Yeah. Some people have a big final fast with more people. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything special the final night for you? No, it's everything simple for me. Uh huh. <laughs> Yeah. And any advice you have for people? Yeah. Okay. So the years you've made it working, you've worked here a long time, you've worked, you come to America, you have your faith, you have your successful family. Do you have any advice you give to young people who are starting out? Oh, no. No wisdom advice? Okay. Anything more for Musa, Babs? No. Happy uh, Ramadan Mubarak. And, uh... Thank you. Thank you. And Babs, this is Paul and Musa signing off from the York Chapel Garage parking booth. All right. Uh, WNHHFM New Haven's home for community radio. I was I was hoping to get some parking lot tidbits. <laughs> I, I thought there was some parking scandal that I could get. We could get some first notice of. I tell you, it's all kinds of people, all kinds of people to make this city go. And uh, it's very nice to uh, it's very nice to see. Very nice to see. So uh, anyway, anyway, uh, nice, 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 nice. Ah, uh, thank you, Paul. It's good to see you back out here in these streets. <laughs> Ramadan Mubarak. <laughs> the music is all, all, the music is over your voice. Oh, I don't know. Sorry about that, Joanne Scully. Uh, I don't know what was happening. Um, Harry. <laughs> It's fixed now. Oh, you know why? Because my mic was off, Joanne. My mic was off. So that's why if you was looking at me or listening to me, uh, my mic wasn't on. So anyway, I'm better now. And a high five. Nice photo, Ja. Nice photo. I need a cup of coffee now. I got up. I tell you, I made omelet, uh, um, broccoli, and... uh, a broccoli omelet, a broccoli and tomato omelet, and some impossible sausages. And uh, I feel like I need a. Oh, that was the schedule. We'll start at this, the playlist on the radio. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I just got a message from somebody. 
but it was like you know a while ago 20 minutes ago that's why i was reading it so anyway we all good listen live radio is a is a ride i got steve driffin and uh karen Bivens coming on to talk about steve's wonderful well-received um play uh death by a thousand cuts that's going to be uh in hamden um here locally uh, i think april april 29th i will not be in town i will be halfway around the world but I know people are going to go see it. It's going to be uh, at the Hampton High School, April 28th and 29th at 7 p.m. And you can get tickets. Uh, like this thing has been uh, making the rounds. Uh, it was in New York to greater, greater acclaim. It was here, greater acclaim. Uh, so high five. So I, I'm happy to, to, to have a conversation with him uh, about this play. I saw the original reading of it. And uh, and it's went through a bunch of metamorphoses. Um, but, you know, he is a playwright. And uh, I'm excited to talk to him about this body of work and, and what's next, you know, and uh, and and, you know, what else he got cooking. So that's all. You know, listen, these people are out here doing their thing. And, and that's you know what? It's a lesson in this for all of us. When people are out there doing their thing, it really gives us all permission to do our thing. It really gives us all permission. So I'm going to tell you something. If you are sitting on a dream and you are listening to people tell you not to pursue it, then that's on you. But let me tell you something. When they put on your headstone that the day you were born and the day you you die, that dash, that dash right there, when they say, Whatever you, whatever, for me to be 1963, dash, and then whenever it is, 3,025 when I die, <laughs> 3023. <laughs> it is that dash that is important. It is that dash that the story exists, the, the life, the story of your life dwells in that dash. So come on, people, what are we doing? Get into it. Chase that dream and don't worry about people. Like, just don't worry about people. Get into it. Just get into it. Just get into it. Because life is short. And it's getting even shorter. You know, life is short. Uh, so take the ride. Take the damn ride. And uh, and be about it. So as I was saying, um, April is uh, Poetry Month. And I do have a poem that I wanted to read. And I just came across it because it was just a beautiful poem. I don't know who this poet is, SG. But I, I, I subscribe to a bunch of poetry sites on Facebook. And and, and I get emails from um, Poetry Foundation and all this kind of stuff. So I get a poem a day. And then, and then I get them uh, on my Facebook page. So this one is called Weather. I, just, I like this. And I sent it to a particular person yesterday because it just spoke so much to uh, what they are to me and what they meant to me. So it's called Weather by uh, S period, G period in parentheses. So he was unexpected. I truly did not expect him or his effect on me, my heart, my mind, my feelings. He was the calming sound of the light 
pitter-patter of drizzle on an April Sunday morning in my brutal, destructive hurricane. I just, I just like that. I just, I just love this. Such a, it's such a powerful poem. Uh, and it conjures up so many things and it says so many things. So I just, I just want to share it because I just thought it was a lovely poem. And uh, it just speaks volumes. Volumes! So anyway. Uh, all good, 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 all good. Um, anyway, uh, that's the way of the world. So, um, if you haven't had a chance to read a poem, use this month to, to get a poem. And you know, if you don't want to invest in poetry books, go to the library and check out poetry books. I mean, for free. We have a lovely free public library here in New Haven. And each neighborhood has a library. And each neighborhood's library is unique to that neighborhood, which I absolutely love. Absolutely love. So if you're in the mood for some poetry, or if you don't know you're in the mood for poetry, go seek some poetry. This would be the month to do it. Um, I mean, I think every day is for poetry, but because this is uh, Poetry Month, National Poetry Month, you know, no one would think you're crazy if you picked up a book of poetry, because people would be like, oh, you must be celebrating National Poetry Month. Why, by George, I am. <laughs> See what I mean? So, so just assuage whatever fears. And poetry is not for sissies. There are some badass men out here slinging some words that just move you left, right, up, down. There are some people out here writing some good poetry. And, and if contemporary poetry is not your thing, there's some lots of beautiful poetry throughout history. Lots of beautiful poets uh, who, are, who are writing, writing, I mean, Phyllis Wheatley, for God's sake, you know, or if Harlem Renaissance is your thing, County Cullen and and uh, uh, Langston Hughes, you know, all, all those badass brothers who who were slinging words, slinging words. So look into it. I'm sure I, this is what I know. There's a poem or several for everybody, you know, and once you go down that poetry rabbit hole, baby. You are sucked in. <laughs> you are you are sucked all the way in. So find yourself a poem. And and I, I remember when I was a kid, I had a teacher who said, "Yeah, we should commit a poetry to memory." And and there's a couple. My 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 uh my dear friend Andrew, he 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 makes it his business to commit poetry to memory. I I don't know how he does it. It is it is just astounding, and not just little short haikus, but he just goes all in with, you know, lots and lots of verses, uh, and he and he and I I so admire that about him. I admire that greatly, you know, and and it always challenges me to sort of recommit myself to re, to remembering, to reciting and holding in memory a poem, you know, so. Uh, I, I I I like that gift that he has given me, um, that. So, but he he does a good job, and I'm I'm wholly impressed every time he does it. Wholly impressed, wholly. So so yeah. So I I'm looking forward to uh, reciting a poem to him from memory. <laughs> That's my ultimate bucket list. <laughs> I mean, I know some poems by heart, 
but ones that I, but the, the the ones that I know by heart are the ones that I remember from when I was like a young woman. You know, uh, uh, but I, but I, I want to, uh, I, I want to, you know. Um, so I'm I'm gonna leave you with my own poem that I wrote last year, February, February 2022. Write a novel? I can write a poem. Mess around with characters? I can write a poem. Describe places and people? I can write a poem. Who done it? I can write a poem. Secrets and lies and mayhem? I can write a poem. 400 words start to finish? Oh, I can write a poem and get to the heart of it quicker and with less words. <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> and then I'm gonna leave you with this and then I'm gonna go, I'm gonna take a break and then I'll be back with uh, Steve Driffin and Karen Bivens. Um, I wrote this the same day, uh, February 2nd, 2023 rather. This is the best this is the best version of me the world has ever seen so far. Tomorrow we shall see what newness comes, what grows my heart, tends to my soul, and blossoms from within. That's mine. That's a Sunday poem. So I'll be back and uh with Steve Driffin and uh Karen Bivens to talk about Death from a Thousand Cuts. Hi, this is Babs Rawls Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. Oh 
welcome back to the second hour of Love Babs Love Talk on Babs Rolls Ivy. Hey, y'all. <laughs> I got Steve Driffin in the house and Cam Bivens because they are, uh, uh, well, I guess y'all are the producers, the creators of uh, a, a Death by a Thousand Cuts, a requiem for black and brown men. So uh, I'm excited about this because I've been watching this thing go all over the place, right? I remember the initial reading that you had at uh, uh, Concorp and the audience and and heard these brothers say these beautiful words. And, you know, we don't get to see brothers sort of wax poetic about themselves, (laughs) a different iteration of themselves. We never get to see that. So you right, right. The real way. So tell me, tell me, when did you think of this, Steve Driffin? One of my favorite people. Oh man, the fabulous Babs. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Woman doing everything. I'm trying to be like you, Babs. Uh, I'm, no, I'm trying to be like, like you. you. <laughs> a real I'm trying to be like both man. of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Karen. Somebody got to hold it down. <laughs> you got two Peter Pans right here. Somebody got to hold it down. Yo, Steve, when did you have this idea? I know you're a playwright. Have you always been a playwright? I was I've always been a writer. Okay. I've always been a writer that um yeah, and it just morphed into it. You know, like like I was trying to find my way like a long time. You know, I knew I had something with a pen and paper, but I wanted to be a journalist. Then I switched from that to <laughs> English major. Then I didn't want to be an English major anymore. I wanted to write novels. Then I'm like, I don't want to inspect things to Spike Lee and Julie Dash. I wanted to do black film. I want to be a black filmmaker. Black film was too expensive at the time. So I'm like, well, hell, I'm going to go on uh, go on stage. And, you know, so that's what brought me here. <laughs> wow. But that's but that's everybody's, you know, in this arena. Everybody finds their way trying on different things. Yeah. So true. do you like the playwright hat? You, you know, I, I think, yes, yes, I do. Like what I do love about the stage is that the magic that it brings that you can't, you can't duplicate it, right? Like once it happens, it happens. You can't, you know, you can't do it in post. Like when you do film, right? You can't like fix it in the the, the editing room. Nah, it's, <laughs> it is what it is. So it's gotta be, you know, in that moment. That's what I love about the power of the stage. It's just it's, it had being there and such when. So yeah, I had um I had Charlie Grady on the other day with the uh talking about the Grade Eight and there they just had yeah. a night the other night which was so well received and he talked about how y'all collabed on her time yeah and, uh, and I I remember seeing it uh, I was at the Klein Theater when it when y'all did it and uh, and it was quite powerful and quite moving um so yeah. so I mean working with Charlie Grady is pretty interesting and fine because you know he's so talented he's another one that no, I, I love his energy I was out there I was in Hartford last night I checked oh it out. were it you great. were yeah, you yeah it was great. Oh, my God. All right, so Karen, what is your relationship to this project? So I work for the town of Hamden. and oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. That's and, right. The whole uh, town is run by women. Yay, about time. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We're trying to do things up in here. And so um, when I saw this work last summer, I had said, Steve, like, I, we have to bring it to Hamden. It's so important um just just the work just connecting to the community and talking about um folks and and what they live through and things so i said we have to bring it and so as steve knows it took a while but working hard to do it and here we are bringing it to hamden that's pretty good because this thing has gone to new york and it's it's, it's just it's just 
it's just building momentum everywhere it goes. So Steve, tell me what, why, what is it about these, these stories of black men that people find so compelling? Because we don't talk. <laughs> well, that part. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, I'm, not, I'm not saying, you know, we don't, it's not that we don't talk. It's, it's like often we talk in, in little silos. Men kind of talk about ourselves, but we really don't really express ourselves. And, and truth be told, we really don't even express ourselves truly to each other. We always hold back a bit. Mm-hmm. And and so so this was an opportunity to hear how to to really express or allow men to be heard. Um, this stemmed from sitting down with um, different men organizations throughout New Haven. Um, I started out with uh, with with meeting with men in Fathers Cry Two, Thomas Daniels and Sean Reeves uh, group and met with them, met with Black Obsidian, um, um, Eric Ray's group, and, and, and other men groups I've sat in um, with, um, Bruce Trammell, and, you know, just listening to men's stories. Um, even at one point, I was going to the prison, uh, talking to the lifers in Cheshire, and, and went there for a while and just listening to them. And I'm like, man, we got a lot have a lot on us that we just don't talk about and um thanks to the pandemic um that that kind of really fertilized this even to come out more and um unfortunately the the murders of black and brown men across the country that we we always known existed but then now people are getting to see it televised like you know Gil Scott said it will it is televised right but uh yeah, all that brought us out. You know, I was angry too. You know, my own stuff, my own isms, my own. You I was going to ask you how much of this, how much of how much of you is in this work? A lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot. That you know, and 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 yeah, a good bit of it is 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 stuff that I've experienced personally. Um, it is, and I and I can't say, you know, I won't go into specifics, but but there were some things, the things I will talk about is just really just growing up, you know, as a young black male, you know, and and when I was growing up, you know, how how colorism played a big thing in our in our community, um, which still does, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? You know, bad relationships with fathers, you know, I've had that, you know, so but healed from a lot of that. A lot of healing had to take place, Bev. And um, and that's why it kind of goes the way that it goes. It's kind of this linear journey, but, it, you know, through its peaks and valleys of, of Black men, and it lands at a place. And where it lands is where I hope our brothers can be. So you're not going to just leave us hanging, right? Like, you don't, you don't just drag us through Black men's ish. And then there's no place else to go. You clean it up for us so that when we walk out of the theater, we don't feel hopeless. Or are we feeling hopeful? What are we feeling? Um, what I should hope, we be feeling? You, I hope there's some enlightenment. You know, I hope ah. it's some. Um, I hope it's some um, opportunity for real dialogue. You know, we did this in um, we, our last show. We did in February it was in Pelham. We went to Pelham, New York, and, and we did it. And one thing I'm hearing from women after the show, each show, they're like. I understand my man a little better now. And that, that's been said to me in several different performances that we've done this. And, and 
that that's good. That's that's a good thing. I hope I wish more brothers would come. That's what always blows me away. You know, I, I don't get a lot of brothers coming in. I wish I could uh, uh, lots of just men of color so we can really sit down and maybe I can devise a way where it's simply for men. You know, we, we talked about that with some of the um, producers in New York and said, well, what is what would this what would this look like? It was just men in the audience. And what would this look like? It was just women in the audience. Right. That's so, so. Yeah, that, you, that yeah. might be a wonderful way to get men to the theater if they could just have the theater. Right, right. Just open it up, just strictly men, right, and and let it be because it's it's impactful. So, Karen, when you saw it, did what did what did it move? How did it move you? Like what 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 did you walk away feeling? I mean, you I'm, walked away I mean, feeling like I got to bring this to Hamden. And and with the with the power that I have, we're gonna make it happen. But you, as a woman and a woman of color, what what did you take? What did you walk away with? I I mean, to this day, I still say like just thinking about that feeling. I got a little bit of chill right now because it it it's just powerful. I mean, there's I don't know any better word to describe. It. It's just powerful, and um, I want my son to see it. You know, I mean, I want my daughter to see it too. But I I you know I just thinking about the things that, you know, these black men on stage are talking about. And like Steve said that, you know, black men don't talk about um, just, it just, again, powerful, you know? And so I was excited. So I was my husband and then and as soon as we saw, I said, that's it. That's, that's, you know, up there on the project list, got to get it. So. <laughs> yeah. Karen, I give Karen a lot of props because, you know, to, to, she fought, she fought about a year. Right. About a year to, to get this in the ham. And so that that says a lot. And, and I know it wasn't an easy task, um, but but she made it happen. And and Hamden, as we know, is going through there. They're going through some some stuff. And, you know, and how how does this play into it? That's that's an interesting point. But I was listening to T.D. Jakes and he, he said this little clip and he said something about whatever your business is. It has to be the answer to someone's problem. Mm. You know, and and so I'm hoping that wh- however time this is, whatever this piece is supposed to do, I hope it is is the answer or shed some light on some problems and some issues that that we can really make some closure on. And uh, that's why I'm I'm just not I haven't done anything else. I got these other plays I want to do, Babs, and I'm like, okay, let me just hold and let's just get this going so everybody can see this because that's what I would love to see happen. Oh, I, I love, you know, I, I was having a conversation uh, with uh, um, uh, yesterday with the brother who is uh, who directing and uh, choreo- choreo- choreographing uh, Ain't Misbehaving, um, Jeffrey Page. And I asked him, and I'm going to ask you the same question. You know, this is your play. This is not somebody else's play. H- how much do you mess with it moving forward? Like, do you mess, like, is is it done or is it ain't done? <laughs> it ain't done. <laughs> and big up to David. I went to see that last week. Yo, that's I love theater, man. I love to see us. I love us. On let me tell you, I love us. <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, me too. Yeah, the actors get pissed off at me all the time. They're like, Steve, stop adding to it because we got to learn these lines. Because actually, with this show, this would be the first time these guys are off book. So you're gonna actually gonna see these guys actually doing a little more. So there's no mic, there's no music stands, there's no scripts. These guys are gonna be up there giving it to us in a different kind of way. 
So, but yeah, there's, I just put a change in there, but sadly, I wish I could say, I wish I could say, no, it's done, it's finished. But this particular piece, not until America reckons with all the BS, mm. right? Until until America reckons with all the nonsense and and, and the stuff that, that we have to vote. We are, this is going to continue on. The last piece I added was actually a tribute to Tyree Nichols. Um, okay. Yeah, and 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 since then, I see something's happening here. Um, that's it's, okay. I think it's my connection. Um, okay. Since since then, um, other things have ha happened. So, you know, and and I'm like, I just got to stay away from the news. I don't need to, you know, because it impacts me and it makes me feel some kind of way. And I'm like, I gotta write about this. You know, but I, I guess this body of work, because you're talking about black men and they're talking about what is happening to them, what has happened to them. Uh, and I guess it's modern day. So it's not set in like the 1960s. It's set. It's it's modern times. So modern times influences, you know, what you get to. I, although do, do you do you like that idea? Is it a is it a blessing or is it a curse or is it a little bit of both? It's 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 both. It's both. I wish that. You know, Bev, I think I said sometime before, I, I wanna I wanna write a love story. I wanna write about I, I need you to write a love story. <laughs> I wanna write about, you know, I, I'm gonna say I'm tired of I'm just tired of I'm just tired of we, like we got two emotions in the black theater. We got joy <laughs> and trauma. <laughs> There's no nuance. We're like we either dancing happy Right, right. We just underground. Let's play the middle, you know. <laughs> yeah, man, we either shucking and jiving or we crying and dying, you know. Oh my God, yes, we in the middle. We in the middle. Yeah. In the middle. In the middle. Yeah. Can we have happy love stories without a whole lot of chaos and without drugs and right. you know? Right. Uh, so, in in thinking about that, though, Steve, is that a possibility? Would would we accept that though? Could we accept? I guess we can. I remember when the Cosby show first came out, people were so, I mean, even black people were just so, that can't be real, right? Like, like we were saying that and I was like- I said it, I said oh it. Oh my God, how far have we fallen when we can't, we, we gotta have drugs and, and pimps and hoes and we can't just have a regular family do a regular-ish in a neighborhood. And they're not they're not good times. Like they're not trying to get out the projects. Like I know. <laughs> you know, you know what I think? I think though, in, in the realm of writing stories, you have to have conflict, right? You gotta have some conflict in order, you know, the, the three-act play, right? But, but so our conflict is what what we talk about, right? But I think that shouldn't be the driving force behind our story. That shouldn't be. Like in this play, we we mentioned drugs, but drugs isn't the theme of the okay. play. Okay, you know, I think it's what we make the the headline of the headliner of it. So, yeah, if we're going to use some type of drama or trauma or something to cause conflict, we make that peak or that arc, but still have some type of moral something. Yeah, you know, because yeah. we honestly, if we just did a happy story, we'd be like, man. If I just wrote a play about just a nice day between a black couple, you'd be like, yeah, it was nice, but 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 see, I think we I think we deserve some of that too. I, I don't think that I, I'm not suggesting that's the only thing that we get, but 
I, I think we get to have that too. I think we get to see a love story that, you know, the police ain't running up on them. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, no one's getting shot. <laughs> right, right. You know, like, you know. like a plan. But then, you know, I think someone told me they're making Love Jones into a play. You hear that? Yeah. I think I, I, could, I, think I could like it. I don't know. I don't know. I think I could like it, Steve. I think I think we need some love stories that are nuanced, but not rife with trauma and and whatever. Because I, I we you know, I, I know we live in America, but you know, every every moment of every day is not a you know right. running from I'm on the run, G. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. That's true. And you know what? And we do need to show that, right? We do need to show it. And and yeah, we we do. We do need to just show a happy side, a normal side, you know. Um, yeah, we do. Mm. But you don't think you're the one to write it just yet? No, you know what? No, and I can't even. I have written them. So, so mad content is literally what it is. Like mad content, you know. It's it's really you know. So I, the production company's name after all the stories that I have, you know, stuff that I just haven't done. And mm. you know, I wrote I wrote a script for Tom Joyner that. Uh, that's really about you remember when he used to do the uh what was it called the fantastic voyage yes and, uh, mm-hmm. and so i'm driving one day listening to tom joining and i said they said well, they should make a movie out of it i'm driving i said yeah somebody should so i wrote it i wrote a script for it flew out to dallas you know pitched it went out to la pitched it you know and it was just a story it was a story about black people trying to own their, their, their journey of getting on a cruise on a cruise ship and it had no violence had no guns it had no blah blah you know, so maybe that'll get produced one day. Whoever's listening out there and, and out there in the world, you know, let's talk. <laughs> so, so break down the characters of this of this uh, of this work that you got going on right now, um, "Death by a Thousand Cuts," and 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 tell me about the title. Mm. Yeah, the title. You know, so I took the title really from um, "Death by a Thousand Cuts," was was taken from the concept of uh, in in in. Asia, they would torment, they would torture. Yeah, their, yeah. Their, you know, the people, their captives, whatever, and by literally like a thousand, like cutting members, but keeping them alive. And I was always aware of that. And and I'm like, man, we're kind of experiencing the same thing. You know, black and brown people in America, we just deal, and we deal with so much that we don't even know we're getting cuts. You know, um, yeah, it's almost like we become numb to it. I remember that's my my uncle who had a libation issue and and he i remember one day he came home i was a little kid and he came home and his face looked like a checkerboard like just was just all sliced up in a million little cuts and he got some brawl with somebody when i grew up in brooklyn he got a brawl with somebody and and he was just drunk though so he didn't even know he got sliced up right and and i liken that to us we don't even know we've, we've become so numb to what we experience that sometimes we don't even realize we're being cut Mm-hmm. And and we get these cuts every day. And so Death by a Thousand Cuts is really just stemmed off that, you know, and just like a sonnet for us. Like, here's a song for us about, yeah, this is what we go through, you know, every day. These are iterations. And it's not a Black thing. It's, not a, it's really a people thing at the end of the day. You know, pain and trauma is not, not solely tailored for Black folk, Black and brown people. You know, white people got it too. You know, they just carry it differently. The experience, but and, and the actors, red, gold, black, and green. Um, I wanted to represent 
all of us collectively. Um, I, we all have our roots from the motherland and I wanted to acknowledge that. And though we may come from different parts, but we're still connected, you know, and, and, and the things that connect us, that lets us know that we, we do share common themes and experiences. So these men represent, it's almost like morality play, every person, every man, they represent every man who, and which is inclusive when I say that, and I mean gender specific, every person. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So how many, so it's what red, you said, what, what, how many people on red, stage at one time? Red, four, four men, four, red, gold, men. black, and green. Okay. And so red. are they, are they all the same age? Are they generationally different? Are they? Yeah, we have, um, for, for these guys, actually the full, full team that with understudies, I got young as 25 and old as wise as mid fifties, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, so it, it runs the gamut, you know, um, and someone asked me, they said, hey, why don't you write something for women like that? And and I'm like, I already did. I wrote something called Cover Girls. Right. That was done. You know, so it's like I, I should just pull that out. Right. And and, and, and do that. It's, for, it's for, it was exclusively for women and, and the stuff that they experience. So, yeah, I want to just be a writer about everything. Mavs. You know, like I you said, it's not about that. It's not about the violence. So, so Karen, when you when you saw this piece, and you said I have to show this to my son, what what did you want him to see? Like, what was the show him piece that you thought would would resonate? I think that it just kind of talks about such a gamut of experiences, right? And my my son is in middle school, and so you know, talking to my husband, you know, as we're raising a you know a child of color. Um, you know, trying to prep them, trying to prep both our kids, you know, as best as we can for experiences that other folks don't go through. And watching this and seeing this gamut of experiences that are just told so passionately, um, for me, it was like, you know, some, there's parts in there that I'm like, it's okay. Like, I want him to see it and know that it's okay. You can talk about it. It's okay. Um, and I think I think art is healing, right? I think it just promotes, you know, holistic wellness. And I think this is one of the greatest ways I've seen to kind of do that. And like Steve said, there's dialogue at, at the end. Um, you know, there's this talk back piece, which is I think really important um, between you know the actors and panelists and 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 the audience to kind of uh you know let it out and kind of share your emotions and thoughts in that moment because it is it is deep and it is it is heavy and like I said powerful and so I think being able to share that uh openly with the folks that you've just seen this with kind of also um you know just just bring some of those things to light and makes it important and like I said I just want people to see it and and understand that these are real things and and it is okay. We're gonna we we can talk about those things. It's okay. So it's gonna be at Hamden High School, yeah. uh, April twenty eighth and the 29th at seven p.m. Mm -hmm. And and you can buy tickets at the door. And these tickets are pretty good. Like they're ten ten bucks, adults and five dollars for students. Five dollars students and seniors. Yep, ten dollars adults. You can buy online, um, and then cash at the door. And you know, and we're ready. Like. You know, I'm excited. I'm very excited. 
Is so, Hamden ready? Is Hamden ready, Cam? I'm ready. Look, I'm ready. I'm <laughs> ready. We're, I, I and, think you know, Hamden is ready. I think that's, and that's one of the things we're trying to do. You know, we are trying to broaden, you know, not just with this, but just generally, we're just trying to broaden, you know, kind of our, our programs and events and things and, and making them more diverse, ex, ex, um, inclusive, uh, representative, right? Like, pe- people know when they talk to me, I'm always going to say this, I need my kids to see themselves in things. I want my kids to see themselves in things. And so those that's kind of the driving my motivation in all the things that, you know, we're trying to do here and talking to people. And, um, you know, we have a uh, great group of, of folks here, Hamden residents here that, that want to bring these things too, right? We have a great arts commission who's helping with this. Um, and I, I have to say a little plug, you know, for the uh, CT Humanities Cultural Fund. They're, you know, helping us to support this. And so I, I think it's important. And like I said, um, we all need to be able to see ourselves in some things. And so we're trying to do that up in here. We're trying to do that in hand then. I love it. So, so Steve, the brothers that did see it, what what has been their feedback? Did they be like, hey, man. You- <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. You, you, know, you, know, you put me on you put me on front street or or okay now i understand my dad or okay you know, i mean yeah. what what were the what was the what was the gamut of emotions that brother said to you about this this work wow so i remember this one 70 plus year old man came said that he wished he would have seen this 20, 30 years ago, he said, I may have been different, different kind of father to my son. Hmm. So that kind of blew me away when, you know, when you get your elders coming saying things like that, you know, or what, you follow me, you read, you know, you, you read my life, you know, uh, or, you know, and, and in New York, um, this, this one brother got up and like wailed in tears and just kind of just let it all out saying how he just didn't. He was tired of wearing a mask and no one sees him for it, you know. So it was some powerful stuff. And then there were some brothers like, yo, you ain't have to go that far. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 you know, <laughs> so it, it, it ran the whole the whole thread. You know, it was just like from the, the tear-jerking responses to the brothers like, I can't, I can't say that, but, you know, imagine, self spell that backwards, right? You know? Oh my gosh. So, so, so where do you want this play to go? Where do you want this work to go? Because you want, there's other work that you want to do. Are you able to allow somebody else to take it on and to do it and yeah. without, without you being part of the day-to-day managing of it? No, nah, I, I, listen, I don't got an ego like that. <laughs> I don't have an ego like that. Listen, there's somebody that wants to direct it and, and carry it on, you know, it's, you know, uh, it, it's all, it's all business. You know, we can handle our business. I, I would love to do a, a full gospel play, you know, um, and not the not the Chitlin Circuit kind of gospel play, like, Lord, wow, bad man ain't good or something like that. You know, I don't want to <laughs> nothing like that. I wanna you know, I got, I got some serious stories that although that although there's there listen, those plays speak to folks, right? There's an audience. That's what I mean. There's an audience for that kind of stuff. You know, uh, there's an audience for those Tyler Perry plays. There's an audience for all. Remember all those plays that came through, right? When I was a kid, I remember those plays, you know. 
So yeah. there's an audience because uh, th this is an audience of people that no one has ever thought to uh, put plays toward or invite right. them to the theater. So right. somebody filled the niche. Yeah, you know, I, I would love to see, I would love to see, I would love Broadway to really open its doors. What Broadway has done is great, and we applaud for what they've done. Because it's very but, black right now on Broadway. Yeah, and even in its blackness, it, it's still limited, right? They're like, mm -hmm. they'll let me run. My show can run for two months. And they, okay, that's it. Uh, or you had a bad sale on one day. So the equity of it is still an issue for, for black artists, right? Okay. So, so whereas a play can suck from a white counterpart and they'll let it run for a year. What they're doing with our plays, I'm noticing, if, if thoughts of a colored man or for colored girls who consider suicide, the sales drop a little, okay, that's the last run. Three months later, it's a wrap. You know, so so the equity of it is still not fair. You know, and, and I want us to always do, I'm always about, I love that we have so many stories to tell. There's yes. so many stories for us to tell, right? And I would love to hear, see and hear all our stories. You know, and I wish we had our own, you know, I wish we had our own, you know, Black Broadway, you know, which we only had our own Oscars and Emmys, because at the end of the day, people still don't know about us. White America does not recognize what we do and what we bring, or what we have, just how it's set up. So I wish we had our own sometimes. So before I let you all go, before I let you go, Steve. Can you can you give me a hint of what I mean? You did mention you would you like to do a gospel play, but what what are you working on next? <laughs> can you give a hint? Can you shout it out? Can you believe believe it or not? I'm working on a screenplay right now. Oh, I'm working on a screenplay and it, and it's called Crossover. And um, I, I have no idea what that could mean. It can mean so many things. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it does. It does. But I, 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 it's my 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 stab, and it's called crossover. So uh, we can talk more about that. We get a reading on that. And um, yeah. But I would. I think my next play I wanted to do is is I wanted to be a proper gospel play. You know, mm. a gospel story. You know, or a spiritual story, something like that. Yeah. Okay. 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 I want to give it to that community because at the end of the day, you know, we're not just here you know i believe a higher creator is responsible for all of us and and this is my one way of giving that back i said i need to do i'm tired of this let's do something different yeah well thank you for your time this morning i've been waiting for this conversation for quite some time so it's lovely to to be able to have a conversation with you as you are about to launch uh into hamden and uh hamden, hamden. <laughs> And because, uh, you know, all the New Haven people will come, the North Haven people, go, like people can get there because it's very accessible. So that's what I like about it, that accessibility is is critical to, to success of things. So, so yeah. uh, is, is your port accessible? Yes. <laughs> you can come through. Come through. <laughs> soon as it, soon as it warm, soon as it is consistently warm, the bat sign goes up. You'll see a wine bottle in the heavens and you'll be like, oh, okay, that's the sign I was waiting for. Let me let me wake my way to New Hallville. <laughs> well, that's brother, I wish you every success with uh uh Death by a Thousand Cuts. I, I love, I've been loving watching the the movement of it. And uh high five to you, Karen Bivens, for uh uh bringing it to Hamden and just like wrangling because I know I listen, 
I know it was not easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I appreciate your support. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep doing it. All right. Well, I will see you out here in these art streets, Steve Driffin. Yes, Fabs. Thank you so much for being my guest today. And uh, y'all make sure y'all go out and see uh, A Death by a Thousand Cuts. It's going to be at Hamden High School, April 28th and 29th. And these tickets, I'm like, listen, you can't even get a cocktail for $10. You, you, you just can't. can't. You can't. You can't. I know. I drink a lot of cocktails. I know. <laughs> so you can't even get a cocktail for $10. So let me tell you something. Go get you a, a, some of this black, black man magic. <laughs> yeah. It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. It'd be worth it. Thank you, Steve Driffin. Thank you, Karen. Thanks Vivian. a lot, Babs. Enjoy Thank your day. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All, All right, Harry Girls, we out. <laughs> <laughs>